This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads, Idea City on the Air, and The Garden Show. You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Welcome, friend, to our weekly garden party. We hope you brought along your questions because it's time to dish the dirt. On The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Well, good morning, Charlie Dobbin, as you're doing a little... It's so cold out there. We got to keep moving. It was, let's see, about minus seven, I think, when I left this morning. And there was something about a windshield that it feels like minus 16. I didn't want to look too close at that. (laughs) You're right. (laughs) But it's not really windy. But it is is clear. Well, not so clear, but it's crisp. Yeah. Chris. And it's a little cloudy as I look out uh, onto uh, Liberty Street as we broadcast live and direct mm-hmm. from the Zoomerplex in Liberty Village. That's By us. the way, um, I'm Frank Proctor, and yes. the lady I'm talking to, and a wonderful lady she is too, would be Charlie Dobbin, who Good is a morning, master gardener. Franklin, and, and you know all something? Our lovely I, now, I've been doing a little bit of thinking. What I, I sort of on the spur of the moment last uh, week mm-hmm. suggested for a wonderful Christmas present, <laughs> you give Charlie Dobbin. Uh, <laughs> See, you just you you call up, make arrangements for Charlie to come to your your home for your spouse, whoever, oh, yeah, or a, a or son friend. or daughter, or something. Yeah, you know, when people buy a house that's yeah. particularly an existing house, yeah. they inherit a certain number of plants. Yeah. With, they come with the house. And then one of the big challenges, particularly for the younger folk, is identifying those plants and well, how to and care knowing, for those plants. And knowing how to plant the backyard, yeah, whatever, change the front it, yard, make whatever. it better, make it yeah. more your own. So, And that's your job. That's you what go I around do. and say, okay, here's what I'd do if I had this property, and here's how much it'll cost you, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And uh, so there you go. Yeah. So anyway, if you want to uh, jot a little note down to Charlie, uh, and request a meeting in the new year. You can find me on my website. Yes. I do have a website. Very simple. Charlie Dobbin, one word, dot okay. com or dot CA, right. either. They both work. Well, I'm, will you get the bill that I get for being your agent here? <laughs> anyway, um, C dot Dobbin, D O B B I N at mzmedia.com. That'll do it. Mm, okay? That's correct. So uh, what's your other job here, Franklin? Oh, giving you phone numbers. Oh, gosh. But thank you. Thank you for that's the promotion. Okay. <laughs> In Toronto. We'd love to hear from you. Uh, even if you want to call and say, Merry Christmas, you guys. Okay. In Toronto, mm-hmm. call 416-360-0740. And then anywhere in the province, it is toll-free, 1-866-740-4740. Our little mantra is really simple. Uh, call early, call often, one question per call. And, and it's if, a real mantra. It makes yeah, total sense. Well, you absolutely. call early because yeah. the worst thing is being on hold for 20 minutes and then you don't get yeah, on the cool. show. Right. You left it too late. Mm-hmm. Don't do that. Exactly. And if you are a first-time caller, let Duncan, our s- spectacular operator, know, <laughs> and he will tell me, and just before you get to the air... You'll get your garden wings. Wings, See? wings, yeah. wings. Speaking of wings, thank yes. you, Maureen. I got a beautiful Christmas card with She chickadees. sent me a marvelous book, uh, and I'm trying desperately at this moment in time. Uh, love is... Oh, 
Love is Charlie Dobbin. Yes. No, no. Fear. <laughs> I just can't recall. Okay. But anyway, thank you, Maureen. That's Bless your heart. Yeah. So thank you for the Christmas blessings, Maureen. I appreciate it. And both Maureen and I are cat lovers, bird yeah. lovers, uh, nature lovers. Yep. And uh, yeah. So, um, so you know what I discovered? I don't think I've told you this on the What's radio. <clears throat> my new house, my new property. Yes. Yeah. And it was a couple of weeks ago walking. So the leaves have dropped at the back of the property mm-hmm. where it's all trees. Yeah. There are a bunch of evergreens, but the deciduous leaves have dropped. And it's quite obvious that there's this pile of rocks, obviously like person made pile, maybe mm. 10 or 12 feet high, maybe really? 20 feet wide. Cause the, the county is a very flat place. You just mm-hmm. don't have hills very often. So it's a real, hill of rocks. So of course, I assume that over a long period of time, whoever was farming that land was piling the rocks and the rock oh. pile got high wow. and big. And it is good land. Monolith. Yes. But, but what's most interesting to me is that that pile of rocks has been untouched for quite a long time. So trees and f- shrubbery and things have started to grow in amongst the rocks because, you know, um, yeah, organic yeah. material collected mm. and seeds germinated. And there's little bits of mosses here and there. And it's, it's quite actually quite a nice little place. But you know what it actually is? What? It's a hibernaculum. No. Really? Don't say that in public too I often. I was going to say, try and cite that one, hibernaculum. <laughs> wow. You know what that is? No. I didn't think so. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I have no idea. It's where snakes spend the winter. Oh, really? Cool. Totally cool. Oh. Speaking of the circle of life and, yeah, yeah. And, and supporting biodiversity. So the reason I'm confident in that is because one day back in the summer, I did see a garter snake up against the foundation of the house. Well, this mm. is just like, you know, horrible construction soil yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and a foundation. And I'm thinking, oh, you poor little garter snake. What are you doing there? Um, and it didn't really like me. So it, I was trying to not scare it. Later, when I took a little walk down into the property, sure enough, there's a whole bunch of garter snakes all hanging out on oh. this rock uh, pile. In the so, sun. Huh? Well, yeah, the warmth. Yeah. Right? Exactly. The sun warms the rocks and then yeah. they hang out there. It is fairly shady. So, and what was the word again? Hiber- hibernaculum. I'm pretty sure I've got that right. I should just double check. I'm saying that so confidently. <laughs> for all I know, I'm not saying the right word. Snake pit. That's what I'd call it. But it's, a it's, snake pit. But it's pretty cool because uh, that's some yeah. garter yeah. snakes, you know, milk oh, yeah. snakes. These are all very, very yeah. like, low-key snakes, and they they eat, you know, yeah, bugs yeah. and things we don't. When I was about thirteen, up at my mom and dad's cottage, mm. I had a little garter snake that I had as a pet, and all of a sudden I couldn't find it anymore. And unfortunately, there was a, a seat outside, uh, just like a, a wicker. Uh, chair mm-hmm. but it had springs in it oh no uh, yeah mm-hmm. poor little guy. and the poor little guy well i guess yeah. <laughs> we finally found out whoops and that was in the i can't remember what i called him but uh mr snake was no more or mrs snake i don't i don't know okay so Anyways, actually yeah yeah it's too bad that's a sad story yeah <laughs> um, just so you know, the definition of a hibernaculum, according to Wikipedia, is that it, it in Latin is a tent for winter quarters. So it's a place oh. in which a creature seeks refuge, such as a bear using a cave to overwinter. Ah. Well, I don't have that. No. I don't think there's any bears. <laughs> Thank goodness. Yeah. yeah, yeah. There are definitely coyotes, <clears throat> though, and, but, and foxes. Do you know something? We, we, we have to kind of push along. Garden show? This is the garden oh, show. Oh, good point. It's not the snake bit. It's I, the garden show. I just Can I tell you my coyote I mean, story, though? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Go it's ahead. really hard to tell how close coyote, how many there are, number one, because yeah. at two, is it 200? Because yeah. when they get yowling, it sounds like 200. So, But they're normally sort of distant, but you can hear them yipping and yowling. The other night, like two in the morning, 
I swear to God, they were right outside the bedroom window. Oh, weird. Though they probably weren't, but they were really close. And they they went up with a roar. And the two cats that were fast asleep on the bed. (laughs) (laughs) Weren't weren't fast asleep anymore. so hard. But it was very funny because, you know, everybody's fast asleep. Nobody's moving. All of a sudden, the cats bolted straight up, bounced (laughs) off the ceiling and under the bed. (laughs) It was like, oh, no, we're going to die. (laughs) Elliot's like, what is that? The coyotes are here. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, my gosh. They were close. Okay. You know what? We do have to take a break here. We have some wonderful sponsors we have to give time to. I know. Okay. They pay good money for Mm -hmm. a shot at this show. Here we go. Mm -hmm. Okay. So numbers again, 416-360-0740 in Toronto, anywhere in the province, toll free, 1-866-740-4740. And, oh, we've got a first-time caller from Peterborough. That arm warmed up. You betcha. I'm reaching (laughs) for the bell right now. Get prepared, Frankie. Here we go. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Okay, Charlie. Frankie's got the bell. Here we go. Here we go. Hey, that's for Bill and Peterborough. Good morning, Bill. Welcome to the show. Good morning, Charlie and Frank. Uh, Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Thank thank you. you. Good morning to you. First time caller. We've listened to you for many, many years, my wife Linda and I. Oh, that's well, you great. now have your garden wing, so now you're an official <laughs> member of the there team. There you go. There you go. Okay. My question is uh, we, we uh, have a three maple trees in our rear yard, mm-hmm. and all three of them, uh, when the leaves go off, they're covered in, I think, what's called lichens. Mm, lichen, yep. And lichen, is mm-hmm. it called? Yep. And. Uh, <clears throat> I don't see it, uh, well, there's a rare one around the neighborhood, but ours is the only one that I can see, the neighbors all around us, I don't see it anywhere else. I just, I've heard this isn't a problem, but mm-hmm. I thought I'd check it with you. Absolutely correct. It is not a problem. What it indicates is that you have very happy trees because the lichen are lichen your trees. Oh, so it's um, it's a good thing when we have lichen on our trees. It's a there's a symbiotic relationship going on there. So the lichen is taking advantage of the surface that the the tree provides, and the tree is taking advantage of nutrient. Lichen are able to take some aspects of nutrient out of the air. And make it accessible to the um, trees. So it's it's actually not at all. So if you've got lichen and nobody else does, you just pat yourself on the back and say, (laughs) "I've got happier trees than they do." I'm a happy guy. (laughs) So nothing to worry about. Is this the same thing that's on gravestones? You no, because usually gravestones are made are inert, inorganic material. Uh, usually, that's more of an algae or a moss that's growing I, on uh, if it's yeah. a shady um, stone. Mm-hmm. But no, the tree is a living thing, so you've got the the living lichen on there, and it, lichen's kind of cool because it comes in so many different colors. It's bright yellow and green and blue and gray, uh, and after a rain, sometimes you, it'll really almost glow. It just because oh. it's just you'll get that real like like sort of beaming out at you. M I C H E N. Is yes. that right? Yes. Okay. Gee. Yeah. Well, now I've learned something again well, thank today. You, thank you very much. Hey, thanks, Bill, thanks for calling. Thank you for joining. Okay. It's all the very best to you and yours up there in Peterborough. Yeah. Great spot. Um, it is. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Frank's reaching <laughs> for the bell again. Oh, my goodness. I know. That's for Carol in Woodstock, another first-time caller. Hi. Good morning, Carol. Good morning. How are you? Great. Thank you. Good morning, Carol. Good morning. What's going on? Well, we have a gardenia plant that uh, we bought in the spring, mm-hmm. and uh, it suffered a bit when we brought it here, but I 
sprayed it, and I've been giving it coffee grinds, and it was getting beautiful and and uh, blooming. Mm. Then I brought it inside, and I continue that same treatment, spraying it and uh, giving it coffee grinds and keeping the soil moist and putting it in a window that's light. Mm-hmm. It's covered with buds, but mm-hmm. they won't blossom, and it is losing its leaves again. Mm-hmm. So how often are you giving it coffee grinds? Every second day. Mm. Okay, so what I would be inclined to do is uh, do the coffee grinds a little bit less. Coffee grinds, I believe, are a good thing, but nothing is a good thing in excess. So remember that's a that environment in that pot is not the same as in the ground, because in the ground we've got all kinds of microorganisms and, and little yeah, big things like mm-hmm. earwigs and worms, but also very small, small little mm-hmm. bacteria, etc. Never in the ground. We left no, it on the pot outs, in the pot outs. No, I understand. But I was just going to say that, that all that life in the ground soil mm-hmm. will decompose the coffee grounds. Okay. In a pot, you have a potting soil, which is a sterile medium, and you don't have that life. So you've got those coffee grounds just sitting there. So my point is that I would be hesitant to do too much coffee grounds. Once a month at the most is what oh. I would do with the coffee grounds. What you're doing otherwise sounds good with the bright light, consistent watering, very important. Make sure that plant is in a fairly warm, you know, room temperature or that kind of warm, but no drafts. The gardenias hate the cold or the warm drafts, like no uh-huh. uh, no vents, no windows open, that sort of thing. It's right by a window. And well, it's okay as long as the window is the window open ever no. in the winter. That's okay if it's near a window. I mean, as long as it's not touching the glass, that's fine. Um, and you're right. The experience you're having of the beautiful buds that are just, you know, you're teasing you because they're there <laughs> and you're just waiting and they smell so great if they would just open and then they don't. Then they just sit there and then they fall off. Yeah. It can be very frustrating. Oh, golly. Yeah. Um, and that is a challenge with the gardenia. It's very hard to provide the, the levels of humidity that they want. Our homes in the winter, we're lucky to be between 40 and 60% relative humidity, but a gardenia wants 90%. So spritzing every time you think of it with a little mister, a pebble tray uh, below, so a, a cookie sheet or that sort of a idea, a tray filled with pebbles, water in the tray, plant on top of the pebbles, means you've got that constant evaporation of moisture around the plant. That can help. Right. Sometimes people even group plants as as little vignettes, if you will, multi-plants in a group, and then they share each other's uh, liquids that are constantly evaporating and transpiring from the plant. So just an idea, anything you can do to increase humidity and mm-hmm. talk to it really nicely, cross your fingers, do all oh, your... Oh, threaten it. Oh, well, threatening <laughs> can work, but it, because it's so close to Christmas, you might want to try some Christmas music, and just, you know, talk to about how beautiful it's going to be. And it just well, needs you're to... right about two feet away from it. So. <laughs> so there you go. Yeah, they're really, really good when you can get them to go. But they, it is tough. It's a hard one. Yeah. But it sounds like you're doing the right things. Okay, Good thank for you, you, Carol. Okay. <laughs> good All luck. right. Thank you for joining us here on The Garden Show from Zoomer Radio, AM 740. And, of course, in downtown Toronto, crystal clear at 96.7 FM. And we're going to be back in just a moment moment to say hi to Myra, who maybe is just around the corner here in Toronto. The Garden Show, and the lines are open right now. Give a call. Fur and feathers and bugs of all size. There's more going on in the garden than you realize. Should small creatures become a big problem, then you've got The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Alrighty, Charlie, let's uh, say hi to Myra. Here was very patiently waiting on the line. Good morning and welcome to the show, Myra. Oh, thank you so 
much, and I just have to say I love your show. I listen to you every Saturday morning. Thank you. It's uh, great. It brightens my weekend. Um, <laughs> I have a quick question about planting tulip bulbs indoors. Mm-hmm. I was given a lovely bag of uh, bulbs last week, and it's too late to get them in the ground. Mm-hmm. And I seem to recall a year or two or three ago hearing Charlie talk about how to place the bulbs so that the flatter side either faces the outside of the pot or the inside of the pot. The outside of the pot. Flatter side to the outside of That's the pot. That's right. Now, but tell me something. So you're given this nice bag of bulbs. Um, when you look at the bag, there's a tag at the top, and it'll tell you the name of the tulips and the height they're going to grow to and whether they're early or mid or late uh, season tulips. Do you have it in front of you? Uh, no, I don't. Okay. And, it, and actually, I can't. I, I can't see, so I can't read. Oh, okay, so you wouldn't be able to figure that out. But you can feel, so that's fine. Yeah, I, so I was yeah, going to say the, the shape of them. Yeah, the one thing we do know when it comes to forcing bulbs, which is what you're going to do, you're going to mm-hmm. you're going to trick them uh, by putting them in the refrigerator, and of course, in the fridge, they're going to think it's winter time and that they're outside. And oh, then okay. instead of leaving them till next March or April when they'll naturally wake up outside, you're going to bring them out of the fridge. If you planted them today, you would bring them out of the fridge in mid February, like right around. Valentine's Day, bring them out of the fridge, and then they'll say, oh, it's spring, time to grow, <laughs> and you'll put them in a nice sunny spot, well, and they, sure enough, will grow in the pots uh, and bloom in, indoors, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the taller the plant, the ch- more challenging it is to force, though, because they get top-heavy. So that was okay. why I was wondering if you had that information, yeah. but either no, way. I, but but my question is, did you say that I, I put them in the pot, mm-hmm. plant them in the pot, and then put the pot in the fridge? That's right. And the pot should go into a plastic bag in the fridge, water at once, put it in a dark plastic bag. Oh. Yeah, like really? a, even okay. a green garbage bag or any kind of a dark color. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. Because, you know, every time we open the fridge, the light comes on. That's right. So you don't want that. The <laughs> no. tulips want to think they're underground, right? They yeah. want, they're yeah. not, they've evolved to be underground in the cold. So that's why that dark bag will, they'll think that they're outside underground. So you're going to get fresh potting soil and a pot, moisten the soil, fill the pot two thirds full, really jam in as many tulips as you can so that the tulips will be actually touching each other, mm. pointy okay. side up, flat side to the outside. And right. that, what happens when you do the flat side to the outside? It's not the end of the world, but to the outside edge of the pot, a leaf comes up where that flat side is. So the leaf will come up and then it'll flop yeah. down over the edges of the pot. Uh, so it just okay. looks nicer. It grows nicer with all the leaves doing a beautiful kind of an overflow over the edge of the pot. And then the blooms will, will emerge and you'll enjoy them and and then you'll just water as appropriate once you take it out of the fridge on Valentine's Day. Thank you so much. I you know, love your show. We thank you. Thank you. Very happy holiday. You thank know, Myra, you. we were talking here. Charlie was mentioning about the light coming on as you open the fridge door. It always reminds me of uh, our good friend Robbie Lane. Mm. Uh, when he opens the fridge door and the light comes on, he takes a bow. It's uh, <laughs> He's just... <laughs> I hope he's listening. Oh, so do I. He he nails me too often. Does he? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh dear. <laughs> My chance Wonderful. to get back at. That's going to say he gets out of his pen to sign autographs or something. <laughs> Thanks, Myra. Thank you so much. Okay. Thanks, Myra. Have a great day. Oh golly. Alrighty. All what right. what like time that. are we getting? I like oh. that weekend. Oh, another two. Nine thirty. Written the button there, and oop. We just lost. You know did. what? The next question was a person with the same question as Myra. Oh, that's why they ducked she out. She just got oh, it all. Okay. But I have uh, stuff going on. You want to do the numbers just on principle? Yeah, absolutely. I've got a complete blank monitor staring at me right in the face here. You talking about me? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, no. <laughs> Pardon me. Oh, 
Sorry. Don't do that to me. Four one six three six zero zero seven forty in Toronto. <laughs> And then anywhere in the province, toll free one eight six six seven forty four seven forty. Okay. All right. Remember, the Riverdale yep. Hort Society meets I December the eleventh, yep. Wednesday, this Wednesday, seven p.m. The eight one six Logan Avenue Frankland Community Center. So that's hmm. just south of the Danforth, uh, in the area of Riverdale. It is a regular meet- meeting, but there's a flower show and a potluck meal. So that's going to be fun, particularly on a cold night. Well, Bring yeah. some nice hot stuff. Um, Christmas shopping. How are you doing on that? Uh, I uh, actually, I'm, I'm doing okay. Are you? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, you just, don't I, you just kind I of can't... put toonies into envelopes anyway? <laughs> <laughs> That's for my grandkids. You're right. Yeah, I give them a, I give them a, a certain envelope. amount of money yeah, and, yeah. And uh, of of late, I mean, in the latter years, uh, I have actually gone to the bank and handed them a fifty and said, "Give me, give me toonies, you know." Oh, right. And, and uh, then you get the you know, little one of those little tin boxes you can pick up at the mm-hmm. dollar store. Mm-hmm. Put that in. It seems like a huge amount of money. Right. It's heavy. It's not that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So I'll probably do that again. Yeah. Yeah. You know, simple out, mm-hmm. as it were. Mm. Good idea. Well, if you have a gardener on your list, yeah. which you might have yes, in indeed. amongst that large extended family you have, uh, I received the newest copy of the newly renamed yeah. the Toronto and Golden Horseshoe Gardener's Journal. So oh. it was called the uh, Toronto source book, Gardener's Journal. It's This is its 28th year of publication. Unbelievable. Very cool. It, yeah. it is not only a source book, but it's also um, an opportunity to keep track of things. So it's you, a source book in the sense yeah. that, you know, when's the last frost date in Toronto? And now it has mm. extended now out to the Golden Horseshoe. So there's all kinds of great information. There's weekly tips on what to be doing in the garden or inside over the winter. There is... Um, opportunities for you to keep track because we sort of we we love something we'll plant an annual good example i planted a lot of annuals in pots back in richmond hill you know we were selling our house you know trying to make it pretty so what i planted quite a few of was miniature dragon wing begonias so dragon wing begonia gets very large it's a very vigorous very nice plant Mm -hmm. but i found dwarf dwarf varieties sorry now i'm choking And they did really, really well. Took those pots full of flowers with me when I moved out to the county, put them out on the porch, and I tell you, about an hour didn't go by, and I had hummingbirds right at those flowers. Wow. Because, you know, bright reds and oranges, and a begonia tends to be a nice kind of that right shape of a flower. Mm -hmm. So there's a plant I like. I like it a lot. I like it so much, I want to plant it again. Will I remember that next spring when I'm shopping? (laughs) Maybe not. Maybe not. So this is where these kinds of journals come in super handy. While you're thinking about what worked well or what didn't work well, write it down and then refer back. Because there's nothing worse than impulsive shopping in the spring and uh, purchasing things you really don't want. Um, And the last sort of segment of the book is literally a source book for everything you'd ever want to know. Where gardens to visit, books to read, radio shows to listen to, Uh um, TV shows to watch. uh, um, And this is available at all good fine bookstores, I would assume. Yes, very, very good point, actually. Thank you for mentioning that. Uh, It is available at many of the very good um, garden centers. So you will find it at Sheridan Nurseries, at the Toronto Botanical Gardens, um, at RBG, the shops at Royal Botanical Gardens, the Sarnia Bookkeeper. If you have trouble 
individual finding and in your local, just give send a quick email to in or order, sorry, email orders at torontogardens.com. There you go. And uh, it's, uh, it's just a wealth of information. Okay. Well, as you're ad-libbing happily there, oh, uh, you, you saw me reaching for the bell. I did. Yes, indeed. That's for Barbara in Cambridge. Good morning, Barbara. Welcome to the show. Oh, good morning. Morning. Hi. What's uh, cool. I have a, um, I'm not sure what the name of it is. It's one of those Hawaiian, I call it Hawaiian plant, you know, at the CNE, and that used to build, get by the stick, and then you planted uh, it, and you had beautiful yeah. flowers and foliage come out on them. Is it plumeria? Yes, I think so. Okay. Um, okay, it's gotten to be at least three feet tall, a big, long stick, and I think I have about three or four branches off of it. Mm. One died, and I cut it off, and it's... Uh, but anyway, the top is where everything comes out on. Um, in, the, in the summer, it's beautiful. The flowers are beautiful. Uh, then I bring it in, and uh, I leave the foliage on until it starts to turn kind of yellow, and then I do get a bug. So every year, I just snap all the leaves off and let it go dormant, okay. and it works. But it's gotten so tall, and just everything's on the top of the stems. I'm just wondering, how do I make it to a small one again? <laughs> <laughs> so how many years have you had it? Oh, gosh. 30. <laughs> oh, wow. wow. Yeah. Interesting. I guess they would buy it at the CNE, I believe, when they were selling. They probably yeah. still do it. Yeah, now they probably still do. So it's of a course, yellow one. So. <clears throat> okay, this is a tricky question because this plant is naturally a tree. Oh. Like it wants to be a tree. That's why it's got that stem and that growth comes out of the top every year. Oh, okay. So, how do you force a tree to not be a tree? <laughs> <laughs> hmm. I didn't realize that. I wasn't really sure what it was supposed Bonsai. to be. Bonsai. <laughs> uh, Frangipania. For t- is it fragrant? Yes. And it is yellow. Hmm. 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 <laughs> so you might have to leave that with me. How big of a pot have you got it in? Oh, about a 10 inch, yeah. 12 maybe. And... It keeps going sideways on me, and I have to like kind of lift it out and straighten it up and put more soil down along the side. But it's been in the same pot for years. It's poetry. It's really trying to tell you yeah. something, and you're not listening. <laughs> you keep trying to manipulate it to do things it really doesn't want to do. I want to straighten up. It wants to be a big tree, and it wants to live in, in your tropical rainforest, wherever that might be in your house. So <laughs> Every time I put it outside, I have to lean it against the railings. So oh, no. It's all over inside, leaning against the windows. Because <laughs> it's all upheaded. <laughs> oh dear! Yeah, well, that does happen. Yeah. And of course, the, you don't want to put it into a bigger pot necessarily, because the bigger the pot, the bigger the plant. And already, you're dealing with a big enough plant. Yeah, yeah and I can't move it outside then if it gets too much yeah, bigger. Yeah, exactly. And but it's been quite a few years. You said since it's been in that pot. Oh, yeah, at yeah. least I would mm. say. Half of that, at least 15. Wow. Oh, wow. Yeah. Sometimes what I'll do if a plant is just overwieldy and, and, and yet I don't want it to get any bigger, but I love it, is I'll take it out of its existing pot, particularly if it's been in there for a long time, mm-hmm. right. which would be a spring job, right? Early spring or summer. Yeah. You would take it out to the, the deck or the patio. You'd lay it down on its side. You'd get that pot off, which might be a challenge unto itself. Uh-huh. Scrub the pot because it's going to have all kinds of old salt and stuff built up inside it. And then look 
closely at the root ball, you may find that it's just a mass of roots and there's not a lot of soil in there anymore. Um, just from over oh. the years, the roots keep yeah. growing and growing and filling the pot. Yeah. So that's when you get out your saw or your butcher knife and you start uh, trimming away a bunch of those roots because there's just too many filling the pot. You've got fresh potting soil at your other hand and you get it back into the same pot with fresh soil. Mm-hmm. It's very invigorating to the plant to have the roots trimmed like that okay. and to give it fresh oh. soil is very, very good. So you're not going to get a lot more t- like height on a plant when you do that, but you will get a lot of side growth and you'll get a much bushier, more balanced mm-hmm. plant quite likely. Much more attractive, really. Yeah. Potentially, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I just, it's hard to imagine any coming out of these stems. Well, it's amazing what's dormant on that that stick, that stalk. At each of those little rings or lines that are on the stem, each of those are nodes, and at each of those nodes there, believe it or not, is a fast asleep little bud down there. And so if you can encourage some of those buds to grow, you can get a much more growth coming off the stem, which can happen. So what do they do? Like in Hawaii, they must cut, just cut pieces off and then sell them because I don't remember if I potted it in soil originally or well, I don't remember. Yeah, they, of course, remember the things that we struggle with here and we, we, care for so tenderly like hibiscus is another mm-hmm. example yeah. they just chop them down with chainsaws and when you get into the tropics i mean this is a plant you just can't kill it's a uh, very vigorous very big hedge type plant yeah. so it would be very similar with this it's they they do chop them all up uh but they they're not particularly gorgeous trees they'll just cut off tops and stems and all yeah. kinds of bits of them but they grow back right well that's what i was thinking could i just yeah. chop the tops off and, you, you know down at six inches or something yeah again that's what i was wondering you could potentially and we did talk a a couple of weeks ago mm-hmm. to a customer, or sorry, not a customer, but a caller on yeah. the subject of air layering as a way to separate a right. top and a bottom, mm-hmm. which is an option for you as well. So if you get a chance, Google or look up in a book air layering, okay. and that yeah. might be a way to bring it down and, and make the whole thing a better looking plant. I'll just try one step. Maybe I'll try the root thing first. <laughs> okay. <laughs> thank you very much. You're well, very thank you for well. joining us. Thank right. you. Thank you so much. And we do have to take another little break here. This is the Garden Show from Zoomer Radio, starring Charlie Dobbin. Right there. She's gorgeous. <laughs> Daffodils and daisies, bluebells and begonias, forsythia and foxgloves, marigolds, magnolia, lavender and lupins, dahlias, delphiniums, stalks, fox, hollyhocks, tulips and sweet williams. You've picked the right place for everything floral. This is The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin, exclusively on Zoomer Radio. Okay, Charlie, let's uh, go along to Mississauga there and greet Gloria. Hey, Gloria, good morning and welcome to the show. Hello. Good morning. Good morning, Charlie. I got a little problem here. Mm -hmm. Back in August, a friend of mine was leaving town for about six or seven months and asked me to take her three little... Castor bean plants. <laughs> I know what you're going to say. <laughs> and I planted them in a sunny spot. Mm. And out of the three, one grew pretty well, but not enough to produce the bean jet. Mm. So I took that plant, it's about a foot tall now, mm-hmm. and I put it in a uh, potting soil and brought it inside and put it in the sunniest window. Mm. And it's growing, but unfortunately, these big, I've got about five or six big leaves. They're drooping down like they're trying to go to the soil or something. But the top of it is still growing. Uh-huh. What can I do to save this plant so I can put it back in the garden when she comes from wherever the heck she went? Oh, no. uh, I can 
<laughs> give her the plant back, and she can have her beans <laughs> to plant it again. I understand you can't buy these things. Oh, yeah, you should be able to. Oh, okay. You should be able to buy the seeds. Okay. Uh, yes, I'm sure you can. The uh, So castor bean plants are very fun, um, very tropical looking, uh, become very large plants. Yes, I know so, that. And we I, typically I, plant the seeds in the spring. And then they might germinate. We plant them directly outside. It's like a bean, right? Mm, yeah. Stick in the ground, jack in the beanstalk. Overnight, it feels like a seed will germinate. And before you know it, you have a huge plant. They will grow, uh, you know, six feet, seven feet tall and wow. six or seven feet mm. wide out in the garden. So probably what's going on in your pot at home inside is light levels. So you've got fairly low light levels and the plant or lower than what the plant wants. Mm. <clears throat> And that's where the droop is coming in. And it might even be doing a certain amount of extensive, what we call stretching, when it stretches towards the light. So it's going to try and, you know, grow more heavily or more extremely on the lighter side where the windows are. So it is a hard one to grow indoors at any time, um, much less the low, like we're in very low light levels right now, being December the 7th. It's uh, We're coming up to the shortest day of the year. Yeah, the sunniest <laughs> window in my house is uh, facing west. Mm-hmm. So I don't even have southern exposure. And is that plant in the western window right now? Yes, it is. Okay. So um, I'm just looking castor bean seeds uh, because I'm sure that you can buy them. So maybe that's what you should do is just compost what you've got and then give her a package of seeds when she comes back. <laughs> that would be lying. <laughs> <laughs> I won't tell I anybody. Told her I could save her plant. <laughs> well, but you see, you could have held on to the seeds. You didn't need to, to sow them right away back in August. You... Well, when she gave it to me, it was mm. about six inches high. Oh, she had started them. She uh... started them really late. She admitted she started it late, but then she was leaving, and so she said, save my plants. And well, you I got this... one that's kind of still hanging in there, Whoa. so it's not going to improve, is it? No, and I wouldn't call that person a friend either. <laughs> <laughs> but you can get castor beans. I'm looking here quickly. Like even on Amazon, you can get uh, castor beans. Now, uh, just so you know and everybody else who's listening, um, castor beans Every single part of the plant is extremely poisonous. The beans, the leaves, the stems, they're extremely toxic plants. So when you are handling them, make sure that you're washing your hands after touching them. Um, they, they, they can kill you. They're really, yeah, yeah. They are racinus is the genus. You remember ricin, the, that gas that somebody let in the Japanese subway one time? Yeah. Ricin is from racinus. Castor beans are racinus. So it's very. Okay. okay, thank you for telling me yeah. that. So I'm not just, gonna touch this sucker anymore. So I was gonna say, just don't love it too much. No stroking, and um, yeah, just, I get some more seeds. I, you know, when she yeah. comes back from her trip, just hand her a package and say, "Here you go, go plant them in the spring. Enjoy yeah. them all summer." And yeah, you can t- t- typically collect seeds off of them at the okay. end of the season. Well, okay. Merry Christmas! And thank, thank you, you okay. for taking my call. Thank Thanks you, for Gloria. calling. Oh wow, that was fun call. That's a good story. Yeah, you betcha. Woof. Uh, off we go to Mississauga once again. Julia, good morning, Julia. Welcome to the show. Uh, good morning, Charlie and Frank. Good Enjoy morning. your show. Good morning. Um, I store dahlia bulbs um, in my garage in an open basket where I line it with newspaper and I just kind of stack them. Mm-hmm. And I'm just, I've heard uh, you say something about um, uh, keeping them damp or something. Well, dahlias are the one that does need to be kept um, 
Uh, are you on speakerphone? No. No. No, and you don't have your radio on right now, do you? Oh, it's no, just, I've I, got this funny the radio feedback. is off. Okay. Sorry, I'm just getting a funny little feedback, but that's we're better now. So dahlias do, whenever I've overwintered dahlias, I have done it one of two ways. One is I they're in pots outside all summer, and I just leave them in the pots all winter, but I get those pots into a frost-free location, so they're still underground, uh, because they do want to be kept dark. And they want to be kept cool. The other way I have overwintered dahlias is in like a, a big, like a Rubbermaid tub full of peat moss. So clean, dry, inert, sterile peat moss that I have very lightly moistened and then drop all the dahlias in there. Again, covering them with the peat moss to make sure that they are staying in the dark because dark is the most important thing to stop them mm-hmm. from growing. Um, it, it, the garage can work as long as you've got an insulated garage, uh, because you don't want them to freeze. Uh, garages can. And get pretty cold. Yeah, they're like the garage is attached to the house, so I keep it against the wall that's close yeah. to the house. Like I've done it, yeah. um, pretty much every year, and I usually get about sixty to seventy-five percent. Mm-hmm. Uh, return like they'll, they'll start shooting. I lose right. a few of them. Yeah, well, that's it. The ones on top are getting the light. So even, um, hmm. but just keeping them like put them in some. Uh, uh, peat moss, because I usually do have them in pots, but then I just take them out, clean them all off, mm. let them dry, and then brush them all off, and then I put them into a, like you said, a big in, basket. into this uh, paper line, newspaper lined uh, mm. basket. Right. Well, I wonder if it'd be worth almost. So, uh, so you've got the pile of of the tubers in that newspaper lined basket. Yes. Throw uh, some like make sure it's clean. This is the main thing. Is yes. you want that uh, potting soil or soilless mix or peat moss? Just see if you can pour some of that on top, and then maybe lay some newspaper over top. And that way, you've got uh, them in the dark um, with the newspaper, and you still got some air circulation. Now, could I sh- shred some newspaper or paper and put it in there and dampen that? You could, not to be careful with too much dampening because the water's going to go to the bottom, so you don't want the ones at the bottom to rot. So you just want it very lightly yeah. moistened. Because do don't you find they're quite wizened in the spring when you go to wake them up, that they're all kind of wrinkled and shriveled? Yes, yeah, and some yeah. of them are overly wrinkled. But I usually get, like I said, about 60 to 75% yeah. will shoot. Yeah, so that's not bad. It's it's a fine line. Too yeah. much water, they shri- <clears throat> they um, rot, and too little water, they shrivel up and, and die. So it's yeah. a, a little bit of moisture is a good idea. Okay, maybe this year I'll try, or maybe I'll try half, <laughs> half with moisture okay. and half the way I normally do it. All right, let us know how that works. Works yeah. Out. yeah. Okay. Great. Thank you very much. Thank, have a good you, day. Thank you, Julia. We have to take uh, our final little break here, mm-hmm. and then we're coming back to say hi to Catherine in Richmond Hill, your old stomping grounds. Right after these words. Don't change stations just because the weather changes. Garden tips and advice all year round. This is the Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin exclusively on Zoomer Radio. All right, Charlie. Here we go to Richmond Hill, and there's mm. Catherine. Good morning, Catherine. Oh, hi. Good morning, Frank and Charlie. Good morning. Hi. Um, I have a question about uh, my Christmas cactus. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is sitting in a six-inch pot, and it's about six years old. Mm-hmm. Um, last week, when I wasn't watching it, it started to bloom. It <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> and then it shriveled it's oh. out in the lobby, so I don't watch it all the time. My question is, how do I make it to grow even more profusely? Okay, out in the lobby. Are there windows in the lobby? Uh, yeah. The yeah. windows are about uh, four feet away from the lobby. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Yeah. And uh, what direction does that face? Is it bright and sunny? Does the sun come through the windows? Uh, it does, but not enough because my uh, lobby faces uh, the west. Oh, right. So you get some late afternoon. Mm. Do you have curtains on those windows or shears or blinds? Uh, just 
some pla- some some of the shades, you know, the okay. um, the planter's shades, you call right. it. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, um, so a plant like that, the Christmas cactus, it is naturally evolved as a plant that grew in the forest, down under trees and things. So uh-huh. it, it likes bright light, but it likes a bit of shade, a bit of light. It mm-hmm. likes to dry out pretty thoroughly between waterings. Okay. And it's pretty comfortable with cool temperatures. And mm-hmm. I find that like, a cool temperature is something that will always cause a Christmas cactus to set blooms or mm-hmm. buds. And um, so that if you can sort of provide the environment that it's naturally evolved for, which sometimes we can. Many people have great success. Actually, I got an email I'm sorry, I forget the name the person sent me an email. She said she took her Christmas cactus on a cool day back in November and just put it out for the day oh. and then brought it back in. It was it was just like hovering around zero, but over the day, brought it back in. And sure enough, like a day later, Boom. it was covered in flower buds. And she said, you know, that worked pretty good. That was a real kick <laughs> uh, kickstart for some oh. buds, just giving it that cool temperature. So, you know, they're all kind of on the verge of flowering now. They want to flower. This is their time of year. So um, give them anything you can to provide that a lobby is should be fine uh, a foyer where there's the cool draft coming in and out when the door opens one of the plants that would like that is the christmas cactus oh good okay good. so good. just avoid hot draft. drafts mm-hmm. yeah and um yeah and only water when dry be very very careful you don't overwater feel that mm-hmm. soil you want it mm-hmm. nice and dry crank a little fertilizer on it if you like at this time okay. of year just mm-hmm. you know flowering plant fertilizer and that and may kickstart yeah, okay okay great mm-hmm. Wow. Thank, thank you, Catherine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it sounds be, like it's good news. Yeah, yeah. that should be, work out just fine. <laughs> okay. Thanks, we Catherine. We have to press along here. We have one final caller that we're going to squeeze in. Uh, in Brantford, Thomas on the line. Good morning, Thomas. Oh, good morning. Um, my question is, uh, when I cultivate my garden, I find very few worms. Mm-hmm. And at one time I heard the lady say that if you put mulch, mulch leaves on your garden mm-hmm. over the winter, the worms will take them down. Absolutely. Uh, that doesn't happen in my garden. Do you put leaves in the garden? I, I put mulch leaves over my raised beds. Oh, good. And are the leaves, what kind of trees are you collecting the leaves from? Uh, linden and maple. Oh, okay. So that should be perfect. And how long have you been doing that? For a couple of years or? Uh, maybe 20. Oh, really? Oh, and well. you don't see a lot of worms. Do you, nope. s- do the leaves disappear? Do they actually? Nope. Okay. So you know what you need? So the leaves are good because the leaves are organic matter and there are microorganisms and macroorganisms mm. like worms that will chew up that organic matter. The thing is, is they have to be present. So you're not going to, you could go to the store and buy some worms, <laughs> pretend you're going fishing, you know, in the spring or summer, yeah. buy worms, start a process. But what I would do is I would make a real effort next spring, because it'd probably be hard to get now, is get a hold of some composted manure. It could be cow, sheep, Horse, Whatever. it doesn't matter. Yeah. It's got great microscopic microorganisms in it. You're going to sprinkle that on top of those leaves that you put on, on in the fall. The rain is going to fall. We're going to get moisture. We've got all the biology there. We've got the organic material. It will start. It'll start to chew up and chow down on all those leaves and the worms will come. Okay. I usually put a compost on in the spring. So mm-hmm. you're telling me to do it when I Coat, coat the leaves over the flower beds. That's right. Like I would do it at any time. The sooner you can introduce life 
into your soil. Like the, the yeah. leaves are a good start, but you still need some bacteria. You still need some microorganisms and the worms, believe it or not, will come. Would They'll, a soil test be beneficial? Always a good idea. If, if things aren't making 100% sense, definitely there's wonderful soil testing labs at the University of Guelph okay. that are part of OMAFRA. So if you have access to the internet, you just Google soil testing labs. Ontario Ministry, Agriculture and Food, and it comes up with all the addresses. Okay, thank Super you very much. much. I really yeah. appreciate that. Very, well, thank very you welcome. for joining us. Thanks Th- for calling. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And gee whiz, look at that. We're oh. we're out of racetrack. How here. does that happen? I don't know. Oh, we're yeah. the checkout counter for gosh sakes. <laughs> we got to. But you said Toby, Toby's in a Christmas. Oh, uh, yeah. um, I got a call the, uh, the other day, or a text actually, saying, enjoying watching your son Toby in the movie Merry Matrimony. I didn't even know. It was shot in 2015. Merry Matrimony. Merry Matrimony. Is and, it a Christmas thing? <clears throat> yeah. Oh. Christmas movie. Uh, oh, right. Merry. Okay. 2015 it was shot. But he plays a character, Phil. I've not seen it, so I'm well, dying to... Better get you know, on that. Well, you're darn right. You're so busy being my agent, you need to be your son's agent. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks a lot, Frank. Have a great week. Thanks Thank so you. much, Duncan. See you all again next week. This has been an exclusive podcast of The Garden Show with Charlie Dobbin. Heard every Saturday morning at 9 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. This podcast is proudly produced and presented by the Zoomer Podcast Network, home of great podcasts like Marilyn Lightstone Reads. Idea City on the air and The Garden Show.